Hackers behind Colonial Pipeline attack reportedly received $90 million in Bitcoin before shutting down. And this is 40inbox.com where we talk about personal finance stuff. So Darkside, the hacker group behind the recent Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack, received a total of $90 million in Bitcoin ransom payments before shutting down last week, according to new research. So Colonial Pipeline was hit with a devastating cyber attack earlier this month that forced the company to shut down approximately 5,500 miles of pipeline in the United States crippling gas delivery systems in southeastern states, and the FBI blamed the attack on Darkseid, a cybercriminal gang believed to be based in Eastern Europe and Colonia reportedly paid a $5 million ransom to the group. So Darkseid operates what's known as a ransomware as a surface business model, meaning the hackers develop and market ransomware tools, and then sell them to other criminals who then carry out attacks. Ransomware is a type of malicious software that's designed to block access to a computer system. Hackers demand a ransom payment, typically cryptocurrency, in return for restoring access. And on Friday, London-based blockchain analytics firm Elliptic said it had identified the Bitcoin wallet used by Darkseid to collect ransom payments from its victims. The same day, security researchers Intel 471 said Darkseid had closed down after losing access to its servers and as its cryptocurrency wallets were emptied. Darkseid also blamed pressure from the U.S. according to a note obtained by Intel 471. In a blog post Tuesday, Elliptic said Darkseid and its affiliates backed at least $90 million in Bitcoin ransom payments over the past nine months from 47 victims. The average payment from organizations was likely $1.9 million, Elliptic said. To our knowledge, this analysis includes all payments made to Darkseid. However, further transactions may yet be uncovered, and the figures here should be considered a lower bound, said Tom Robinson's Elliptic's co-founder and chief scientist. Elliptic said that Darkside Bitcoin wallet contained $5.3 million worth of the digital currency before its funds were drained last week. Now, there was some speculation that this Bitcoin had been seized by the U.S. government. Of the $90 million total haul, $15.5 million went to Darkside's developer, while $74.7 million went to its affiliates, according to Elliptic. The majority of the funds are being sent to crypto exchanges where they can be converted into fiat money, Elliptic said. Now, Bitcoin has gained a reputation for its use in criminal activity because people transacting with the cryptocurrency don't have to reveal their identity. However, the digital ledger that underpins Bitcoin is public, meaning researchers can trace where the funds are actually being spent. The Colonial Pipeline hack was one of a spate of ransomware attacks to generate headlines last week. In a division of Japanese conglomerate, Toshiba said its European unit had been hacked, blaming the attack on Darkseid, while Ireland's health service was also hit by a ransom attack. And on Wednesday, President Joe Biden signed an executive order aimed at strengthening U.S. cybersecurity defenses. Now, I do agree that the U.S. 
definitely needs to increase their cybersecurity defenses because, my goodness, I feel like the U.S. is lagging behind on that by like a super, super huge margin. And honestly, it's like it's like a really depressing situation, right? Because I don't know what's going to happen, but you do not want a situation where pretty much private entities or potentially other countries can basically go after you in a very devastating manner. Right, like you don't want that situation. Now, I always find it interesting as well that there's so many criminal uh, criminal entities, right, who are doing criminal acts with Bitcoin. Like I never really understood that because Bitcoin is public, right? Like it's one of the easiest and best things when it comes to like the legal system to go after people who are like conducting their illegal activities in Bitcoin. Because just think about it, right? Like when you have something that's like public and people can literally see where the money is going and then trace where that money is continuously going over time. And like they just could see literally everything, right? So it's not like cash in the sense that you could basically, you know, oh yeah, you could just give some like a $10 bill and no one knows that you just gave someone a $10 bill, right? This is a situation where like, oh, they can see that you literally gave someone $10 when you send them $10 in Bitcoin, right? Like the government can see that. Everybody can see that as long as they know where they are sending the money to. This is why it's pretty interesting because a YouTuber called uh, Graham Stephen, Stephen, he actually exposed this when he actually, you know, did some research on like the little scammer accounts on his uh, YouTube channel. Like there's people or like this could basically happen like on anyone's social media account where if you make a post and then there's like a crypto account that basically says like, hey, click here and call my WhatsApp or whatever kind of nonsense, right? Well, if you contact all these scam accounts, you're eventually going to get their Bitcoin address or their cryptocurrency address, but most likely Bitcoin address. And you can literally look up the address and see how much money they actually got to that address and where that money was sent to afterwards, right? Like As soon as you have their wallet information, you know how much money is going in it, how much money is going out of it, you know where it's going specifically, to like what other like what other address like you know everything right so you could actually see some of these scammers in the comment section who have made like almost six figures or maybe potentially like a million dollars scamming people in bitcoin and you know where they're sending the money to so i never really understood why like hackers or like anyone actually uses bitcoin for something like this like Obviously, hacking is bad. It is illegal. Don't get involved into that thing. But I never understood why criminals would choose this route other than using like cash or using something that is untraceable, that's not public, right? Like, think about it. You're basically giving these people your address where you live. <laughs> And basically saying like, hey, send this money here 
But, you know, we won't be here in like the next couple of days. But, you know, you still have our address, right? Like, like it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't understand that. Like, Bitcoin, like, honestly, this is also another thing, right? I'm surprised that the U.S. isn't more open to people using Bitcoin because it allows them to track basically everything. Same thing with Ethereum, right? The proof of ownership aspect of Ethereum. You could trace everything. You could prove all the transactions, right? And you know where everything is going. So I just find it very interesting. I think this is a bad idea if you're a hacker and you're using Bitcoin for the whole situation. Like, I don't understand that, right? I think there's something called Monero. I haven't done too much research on it, but I think Monero is technically a cryptocurrency that is 100% untraceable. I'm not exactly sure about that. I'll have to do some research on that. But either way, like, I just don't understand why choose Bitcoin, right? Like, there's so many other ways to make money. There's, I don't like, I think the Singapore dollar, there's like, I don't know, Swiss francs. There's like, like, there's like so many other different options. I just don't understand why they're doing it in Bitcoin. But who knows? Maybe there's a specific reason that I'm not understanding it. If you don't. If you know and you stumble upon this episode, feel free to leave a comment because I just don't understand why criminal organizations are using something that is so public with its information where you're basically showing people your bank account and they know where that money is going, how much money went into it, and where it's actually being sent, right? Like, I just don't understand that, right? But feel free to give your thoughts. Feel free to share this with other people, right? And if you're needing help to master your money, go down below and learn how to master your money. But this is just crazy to me. NT is basically going to destroy their dividend, which is going to be pretty insane. And this is 40inbox.com where you can learn how to master your money. Now, the funny thing about this is that pretty much the majority of people who put their money into AT&T are only doing it for the dividend that they actually pay. So you can imagine just how many people are going to bail out of this stock when they decrease their dividend from 7% down to about 4%. And this is the really crazy thing about this because, look, you got to really understand that like that's really the only big appeal to this stock. And this is the problem with individual stocks and people who end up solely focusing on investing into individual stocks, where they will end up doing something like this, which will basically destroy your reasonings for getting into the stock. But let's read the story and go over basically what's going on. So AT&T shares are headed for their worst single-day performance in almost a year as investors continue to digest the company's decision to reshape its business yet again with a spinoff of Warner Media to Discovery Incorporated. The move will allow AT&T to refocus on its core telecommunication strengths, wireless and fiber, but the company is making other changes as well. Notably, the company disclosed that it would be resizing its dividend after the $43 billion deal closes as AT&T will seek to target a 40% to 43% payout ratio on upward of $20 billion in free cash flow. 
So shares are off 5.8% in Tuesday afternoon trading and on pace for their biggest single-day percentage decline since June 11, 2020, when the shares dropped 6.1%. Though the AT&T shares were up as much as 5.1% intraday Monday after the Warner Media deal was announced, they ultimately closed Monday's session down 2.7%. So Chief Financial Officer Pascal Desroches said on an investor conference called Monday morning that AT&T is focused on where can we deliver the most attractive returns to our shareholders as the company thinks investing additionally in our business is paramount? He expects that the company is still going to have a really healthy dividend with a yield that would put it in the 95th percentile of dividend payers. The dividend announcement was a clear negative, Raymond James analyst Frank Luthen wrote an Monday afternoon note to clients. So the company's target implies a roughly 45% reduction in AT&T's dividend relative to current levels by his math. Now this deviates from previous commentary in which we viewed management as the gold standard in maintaining the dividend as a sacrosanct tenet of its value proposition to shareholders, Luthen wrote. This about phase from the strategy which was to maintain or grow the dividend at all costs will likely linger in investors' minds for many years. Luthen, who is bullish on AT&T stock with an outperform rating, noted that shareholders would at least be likely to see four more dividend payments at current levels since AT&T doesn't expect the Warner Media deal to close until mid-2022. And at current prices, AT&T stock has the highest dividend yield among components of the S&P 500 index at 7.04%. AT&T shareholders will also get a stake in the combined company formed by Warner Media and Discovery, which is Disca. So at least there is some competition for the cut in the spin-off sets up the new company for a better long-term growth profile, he wrote. Truist Securities analyst Greg Miller referred to the dividend reset as clearly a negative event, but one that he deemed likely necessary to avoid far worse conditions at a later date. Although the company reiterated the fact that it would be in the 95th percentile of all dividend payers with a 4% yield, 7% prior to the announced cut, when pairing this reduction with the anticipated tax rate hikes and increasing capital expenditures, we believe the payout ratio could be increasingly pressured after already dropping from our estimate of 63% in 2022, Miller continued in a Monday note to clients. He has a hold rating and $30 price target on AT&T shares. And William Blair analyst Jim Breen called the dividend cut somewhat surprising given the income focus of some shareholders. However, we note past close, AT&T's dividend yield will be in line with Verizon at around 4.5%, which makes sense given the companies will now look similar from a business perspective. He wrote in a Tuesday note to clients, We believe AT&T became too broad and focused over the last few years, which restricted its ability to run efficiently. In Breen's view, the target of the deal will put AT&T on healthier financial footing, giving the company more flexibility to invest in its 5G build-out, and he has a market perform rating on the shares. But again, this is the thing, right? This is literally the reason why so many people just shove a whole bunch of money into AT&T stock, right? A whole bunch of people simply shove millions of dollars of their own money into AT&T stock solely for the 7% dividend, right? Because you got to think about it this way, right? Let's say that you have a million dollars cash, right? 
could have put that into AT&T stock with a 7% dividend, causing you to basically make $70,000 a year, right? Which also you'd pay very low taxes on, taxes on that because it's a dividend payout. So there's a lot of retirees that probably had this as one of their main staples for their retirement portfolio where they have a whole bunch of money into this stock because it produces such a good income for them, right? Because they don't necessarily care about the price as long as it continuously pays that dividend. So the simple fact that they are cutting the dividend, yeah, okay, four point something percent might still be good, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that were relying on that dividend for the income-producing nature of it, right? And again, that is also the issue of basically focusing so much on a single stock because anything like this can happen at any given time, right? And it's the same reason why you don't put all of your money into a single company because, you know, you're not running the company. So if you just put like all of your money into a single company stock and that company ends up going bankrupt and completely, you know, deflating or just going bye-bye, all of your money's gone, right? So usually the best thing to do for the majority of people is to invest more so on like a very conservative way, doing like index funds, doing things like that, because you know it has a track record, a very, very reliable track record of it continuously growing, right? Like an S&P index fund, right, will typically just grow at a certain rate every single thing, every single year. And it's pretty consistent with that. Over the past 10, 15, 20 years, it's been very consistent, right? Same thing with some mutual funds that do the same thing. So personally, I think being more diversified will prevent you from having to deal with situations like this where a company makes a choice that might completely destroy basically, not necessarily destroy the company, but make very bad choices for the structure of their company, right? Because, look, when you make so many people basically invest into your company, invest into your stock simply because of the dividend, and then you get rid of the dividend, that's going to cause a lot of issues. Now, like, the story mentioned, it's not necessarily going to happen until potentially 2022 if the deal truly goes through. But if it does and they cut that dividend, there's going to be so many people leaving the stock. There's going to be so many people leaving AT&T. And it's going to be very interesting to see what actually happens because, I mean, look, I don't know how many people invested into AT&T just for the dividend, but I'm guessing a lot of people I'm guessing a lot of companies or hedge funds probably did the same thing as well. Because think about it. Let's say that you got like a billion dollars into AT&T stock, right? Because it pays that 7% dividend. Like that's a lot of cash flow coming in, right? Like if you structure your investments to have like a super high cash flow, like this is just going to destroy your plans. This is going to destroy a lot of people's plans. So this might make it more enticing for someone to go more so into real estate instead of stocks, right? So be 
pretty interesting to see what happens. Feel free to give your thoughts. Feel free to share this with people you know who are invested into AT&T stock because the way I see it, this is very troubling and this can cause a lot of potential harm to individual stock investors, right? Which again, typically investing into individual stocks or being so heavy in just one stock opens you up to risky situations like this where something like this can drastically affect your portfolio where it can drastically affect your plans for your future or for your retirement or for your basically life if you're depending on this income coming in so feel free to give your thoughts i just think this was pretty much a bad move well, apparently, there are a whole bunch of Cardano crypto millionaires following the latest ADA surge. And to be specific, it's 6,710 Cardano millionaires. This is Wordianbox.com, where you can learn how to master money. So the number of Cardano millionaires has gone up 1,234. Wait, hold on. Is that one that? What, what kind of freaking number is that? Okay, that is a completely super screwed number. <laughs> okay, so Cardano has rewarded its investors with significant gains this year, with a growing number of holders joined the coveted Millionaires Club following the latest ADA price surge. Since the start of the year, the number of millionaire investors in ADA has increased more than 13-fold to 6,710 as of May 17th, according to United Kingdom-based news agency Finbold. Using data from CoinMetrics, the agency determined that there were just 504 ADA addresses worth at least $1 million on January 1st. And the number of active ADA addresses also grew by 417.81% between January 1st and April 28th. So ADA's value has skyrocketed nearly 1,040% since the start of the year, up from $0.18 cents to $2.08 at the time of the publication. Now, the cryptocurrency peaked closer to $2.40 earlier in the week, setting multiple record highs in the process. And as Cointelegraph recently reported, ADA has entered a new price discovery phase, which means further upside could be in store over the short term. Now, the cryptocurrency now has a market capitalization of $66.1 billion, placing it in the fourth position among active projects. And ADA has overtaken Dogecoin, Tether, and XRP amid the latest rally. Perhaps equally as important is the fact that ADA appears to be bucking the current crypto market downtrend. Over the past seven days, ADA has appreciated by 19%, and by comparison, Bitcoin has declined 22.6%, and Ether is down 15.2%. In addition to having one of the most dedicated cryptocurrency communities in the industry, Cardano is also benefiting from positive news from Input Out Hong Kong, or IOHK. The smart contract platform's development arm recently explained that its forthcoming Alonzo upgrade is being gradually deployed to the mainnet in May and June. IOHK also recently partnered with the Ethiopian government to revamp the African nation's education system under the partnership. IOHK will deploy its blockchain solutions across the country with up to 5 million students potentially benefiting from the program. So that's actually uh, pretty cool. 
Yeah. That's pretty cool. I think it's a pretty interesting thing. And like a lot of people end up uh, getting into Cardonum. Like, like a lot of people are either super bullish on Cardonum or super bullish on Ethereum. But they're typically not super bullish on both from what I've seen from like a lot of different like investors and stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And the thing is like cryptocurrency, especially because of so many different influencers, so many different celebrities and all that kind of stuff. Cryptocurrency ends up going just like high and low. It's just, it's going to be super insane. But either way, good job to you investors in Cardano. Who knows? Maybe Cardano will go to $5. I don't know. But I think it's a cool idea that there's other projects out there other than Bitcoin and Ethereum that are gaining a lot more traction. And I'm super bullish on the potential technology coming from the crypto industry because there's a lot of money flowing into cryptocurrency, which also means there's a lot more opportunities for something to be like super cool to just come out of cryptocurrencies and i'm thinking probably in the future there's going to be a lot of ai or artificial intelligence coming out of crypto that is so far superior compared to anything dealing with like facebook or google or anything like that like i think there's going to be chances of super crazy technology coming out of the crypto sphere 